open up your Bibles, notebooks, and go ahead and welcome Amen. Maria one more time. Amen. 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 Well, let's go ahead and pray. I know we've prayed a lot, but let's pray one more time. Would you kind of hold your hands in a posture where they're just open, where you're ready to receive from the Lord this morning? Father, it is our honor and our privilege, Lord, to be able to come together, Lord, and to um, hear your word. This whole season that we're in is a season that we visit yearly to remember, to remember that you sent your son because you so loved each and every one of us. And there were so many signs and signals along the way that you declared, even in the heavens, in the sky, the star, the angels, God, there's so many things that you were speaking and saying to us. This season is about looking and seeing and remembering and allowing our hearts to be full of your hope, of your love, of your faith, of your joy, of who you are. And so Father, as we take a minute and pause and have a conversation about our hearts, Lord, I pray, God, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak, that you would minister, Lord, that you would bring healing, that you would bring deliverance, God, that you would bring only what you can. God, we can't, but you can. I pray that you would do what only you can do, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we're going to have a conversation about our heart today. Our heart um, can be defined, many scholars will define the heart as your kind of your soulish area, your mind, your will, emotions. Some scholars will couple your conscience into that. But the Bible talks about our heart so much because our heart is so important. It's not just for an emotional, ushy-gushy, feely conversation. It's not something, you know, sometimes I almost feel like I could possibly hear gentlemen in the room um, maybe say, well, I, I, you know, maybe that's kind of an emotional, girly conversation, but you know, it's interesting. This conversation impacts all of us and the Bible, I have the actual statistic, talks about our heart. Let me find the number here, 826 times. Like our heart is mentioned 826 times throughout the Bible. So I could stand up here and list scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture, which I can't obviously do that. I can only choose a few today. But I hope that we understand how incredibly important our heart is to life. There's a famous scripture that most people know, and I'm going to read it to you. It's Proverbs 4, verse 23, and it says this, guard your heart above all else, above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else. So if you're going to protect one thing, if you're going to keep an eye on one thing, 
Choose your heart. Choose your heart. Because your heart, what you allow in it, what you allow to impact it, what you fill it with, what you choose to put in it, for, because your heart will determine the course and direction of your life. That's a big, important conversation. If the Bible says to guard above all else, my heart, for out of it, some translations say flow the issues of life, flow whatever, however, whichever direction you live your life, then I should probably pay attention, right? But so how many of you, I'm gonna move this over here just a little bit. How many of you, it's easy to get going so fast, especially during this season and life is so full, right? There's stress, like, like my husband was talking about, there's so many things going on in life that we don't, it's not even on our radar to stop and to consider and to even think about our hearts. Can I get an amen? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but my calendar is full of to-dos and I don't see in the middle of clean the house, bake the Christmas cookies, buy the Christmas presents, go up to this Christmas party, go to work, get the kids ready for school, help them study for exams, guard my heart, blah, blah, blah. It's not like listed in my checklist. We laugh because we know it's not true. It's not in my daily to-do checklist because our life gets so full that oftentimes Oftentimes, in the middle of crazy life, in the middle of all the things going on, we just try to survive. So we try to take care of the things that are screaming the loudest that we often fail to pay attention to the most important. The most important things that will ultimately affect everything else. Yeah? Okay. Couple more scriptures on the heart. Matthew 5, 8, it says this. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. I'm just building faith and just helping us understand the importance of our heart. If God says the ones that are pure in heart are going to see him, then man, I want to pay attention to my heart. I want to make sure that my heart is pure. I want to make sure that my heart is good because there's something there that I'm going to be able to see. I'll be able to notice. I'll be able to see where he's moving. I'll be able to see him show up. I'll recognize it when others may miss it, when others may not see it. Those who have a pure heart, those whose hearts have been um, submitted to God, that are walking the way he wants them to walk, those who have a clean heart, that are in a line with God, I'm going to see him. I mean, physically, yes, when we go to heaven, but I believe that scripture means I'm going to be able to see him moving and at work here amongst us. I want to see God. I don't want to miss him. But in order to do that, my heart is involved. Another scripture is this, 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Another scripture to tell us about the importance of the heart, that God doesn't even value, he doesn't take into consideration the same way we would all of these other things. The most important thing that he looks at is our heart. Scriptures that if you've been around the church for any length of time, you're very familiar with, but scriptures that I wanna bring us back to because even though we may know them, sometimes it's easy to forget. 
God looks at the heart. That's what he's most concerned about. It's what allows us to see him move and operate and do things. And it's the thing that above all else we're to guard. Amen. So as we dive into the message this morning, you know, it's fun. We've been, we're in this series called Home for Christmas. And when I hear the word home, you know, there's like that Christmas movie where you think home is where the heart is and all of the Hallmark channels. But there's this illustration that's run throughout scripture that I wanted to bring to the forefront that I think is really going to help us with this message this morning and understanding that. And that's the illustration of our heart truly being a home. And in the way that we guard it and in the way that we treat our heart, likening it to how we treat a home. Amen? How many, I mean, so whether you have an apartment or you're a homeowner, we're going to talk today and for the sake of the illustration, we're going to use an actual home as part of our illustration. So the first thing that we're going to talk about with our heart this morning, we're going to talk about in our, in our home is that it's important when you buy a house or you move into a house or you have a structure that you live in that is yours, that you begin to take stock and take ownership of your house. Can I get an amen? If you buy a house and you move into it, you as the owner, it's important. You want to see your house. You want to know what's going on inside of your house, right? You want to understand how it works, how it functions. Where's the closet? Where's the manual for maybe the dishwasher? Do we have a hot water heater? Please, Jesus. Those things are important, right? Do we have plumbing? I mean, that's a big deal. Um, oh, I just thought of a funny story, but not appropriate. So we're going to move on. Um, you can ask me later because I'm really being tempted, but I'm not going to do it. Um, but there are things that are important that you want to know about your home. And as you live in your home, you get to know your home a little bit more, right? Um, how many of you as a child, uh, in the middle of the night, you know, you could hear different creaks and sounds, like the floors would creak, right? And you know, like if the wind's blowing and, and as a child, you know, you might be a little bit concerned about that. But the more that you live in the home, you kind of find out that your home has kind of some sounds to it, or you know how it will react, or you know if something should be there or shouldn't be there. But the most important thing is to really get to know your home. Amen? Be honest and take stock of the condition of your home. And so that likewise would be to be honest and to take stock of the condition of your heart. Know your home or heart. Know every creak, every nuance, every idiosyncrasy. It's your heart just like it's your home and you have ownership or control over it. Now, as we get to know our heart and get to know our home, there's something that we have to fall in love with. And there's a word that we have to fall in love with that is often not a word many of us run towards. It's something that I think that we know we should love, but we don't actively pursue it because maybe we have a wrong mindset about it. But it's the word truth. Truth. In order to take ownership and take stock of our own heart, our own home, we have to be truthful. Right? We have to be truthful. We have to re be truthful with the condition of our heart. What's really going on, what's really on the inside of our heart. Truth is not something to run away from. It's not something that's there to bring shame or condemnation. Truth is actually quite beautiful because your father is truth, right? God is truth, right? And so whenever he brings truth 
There's always a reason, there's always blessing, there's always freedom, there's always something for us on the other side of that truth. So in reality, when the Bible says that you will know the truth and the truth will make you free, as you receive truth, as you open your heart to embracing truth, you're actually embracing the gospel message. You're embracing why Jesus came. You're embracing the transformational, the, tra the, the amazing reason that Jesus came. You're taking honest stock. See, you can't receive transformation and begin to change if you don't know where you are. And if you're not honest to say, hey, I might have this going on in the inside of my heart, then you can't bring it before him and allow a transformation or a transaction to take place. You can't allow healing to take place. You have to get honest and see the truth and allow the Holy Spirit to shed light on what's going on in the inside of you so that he can make something beautiful out of where you are. Or so that you can even celebrate where you are if it is good. If he's done something great, if you didn't know truth, you, can, you don't have a testimony on the other side. There's nothing to celebrate. There's no goodness to testify about. Can I get an amen? But we don't oftentimes allow ourselves to pause and to embrace truth. The Bible says in 1 John 16, 13, that when the spirit of truth comes, that he'll guide you into all truth. I love that. The Holy Spirit is our guide and he's our helper. He is right there and he's going to guide us into truth, which means he's the one who's going to walk with you hand in hand and open it up and say, this is what's been going on. And you know what? I found that our father is so good that it's not like he's sitting there condemning us, but he leads you and he's like, okay, here's this. And I'm going to bring healing. I'm going to speak to that. I'm going to bring restoration to that. He's going to guide you on the journey. Psalm 25, 5, lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. There's hope connected to truth. Amen? There's hope connected to truth. John 8, 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen? I've mentioned that already. There's a mindset shift that one of my favorite people on the planet, she wrote a book. She's been to Calvary a couple times, Pastor Norma Barrero. And I read this at Sisterhood. So if you're at Calvary Sisterhood, you get to hear it again. But I read an excerpt from her Hearing the Voice of God manual. And I'm going to read it to you this morning. It's just short. But I want you to hear this and think about your father and think about you, your relationship to him and truth. Just like in any natural adoption... Because haven't we been adopted into his family? Aren't we his sons and daughters? Aren't we called his? Amen. I'm his, I'm his daughter. So just like in any natural adoption, you'll have to learn to trust and allow yourself to be fathered by truth. Well, that's a different perspective. I'm not beat down by truth. I'm not crushed by truth. But I'm going to be fathered by truth. It is a transition from one household to another, meaning I'm coming out of one way of living, one, um, one life, one identity, and I'm coming into my new identity. It's a transition from one household to another. Jesus put it this way to Nicodemus in John 3.3. 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It is learning and communicating by the Spirit. God is Spirit and he communicates to our spirit. 
Sometimes we are fragmented. This is our heart now, frantic or have hard hearts that we can't hear that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. That sound like maybe sometimes when we get full of just life and stuff going on and this isn't that we just kind of can't hear it. We have to allow ourselves to open up to be healed and set free from the voices, hurts and wounds of the past so that we can hear his voice again. But in order to do that, that's a, that's a journey of allowing ourselves to be fathered by truth. So rather than running away from truth, right, it's a change in mindset to think, well, goodness, if the Holy Spirit is putting his hand on something in my life and he's talking to me about something, I'm going to run towards it. I'm going to have a different perspective about truth, about being honest with what's going on in my heart. I'm going to change the way I look at it. It's not something to be dreaded or to fearful about, but I'm going to run to my father, the father of truth, and allow him to minister to me because I'm going to change that whole mindset. Can I get an amen? So can we as a church make the decision that I'm not going to run away from it. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to try to look at truth as something to be avoided. Some of us are so scared of, being, of seeing what's really on the inside. We're scared of what that's going to say to us. We're scared of what it's going to show us. But there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Your God, your Father, your whole, the God is love. He's the one that brings truth, and there's nothing to be afraid of from his hand. So rather than see what, what when we're afraid of, of facing what's on the inside of us, when we're afraid of seeing that truth, what do we do? We pull away from the very answer that God has for us to bring freedom. It's a, it's a mindset that keeps us stuck in old ways of living. It keeps us stuck in that very same place because we're afraid and we pull away. So the enemy's tactic is to go ahead and feed that fear, to feed the lies, to feed the thoughts that we have to pull away, that we don't want to, em in to embrace truth, that we don't want to receive truth because, it, because it's something to be shamed, it's something to be run away from. So he tries to continue to help us believe those things because it's gonna keep us from running to the very thing that can set us free. So rather than running away from truth, begin to take, to fall in love with truth because it will bring freedom. It will bring testimony. It'll bring healing. It's gonna allow you to grow, to fully mature, to be all the things in your heart that God placed inside of you to be, all the dreams in your heart, who you want to be. In order to be that person, you have to be willing to seek truth to get there because it doesn't just happen. You have to be willing to see it, to give it to God and to allow him to walk with you, amen? So the very first thing we have to do is we have to take ownership of our house. We have to be willing to see what's going on inside of our home when we move in, what's working great. What needs some attention? What needs to be done? How does this thing function? Take ownership of our house, amen? And ignoring those things doesn't mean that those things will go away. 
but I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) All right, so the second thing that we do inside of our home, right? With our home, we take ownership, but the second thing we do is we let, how many of you, we love to protect our home. Can I get an amen? Because it's ours, right? Some, like there's, there are so many things. Like this is our home. So the next thing we need to do is we need to protect it. And we need to protect our heart, right? The Bible is very clear. Guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. So we know that we need to do some protecting of our heart. So there's a couple ways that we protect our heart. There are what I like to call preventative measure, maintenance, right? How many of you do preventative maintenance on your home? Can I get a, a amen? I mean, preventative maintenance. These are like inspect. Oops, sorry, these are like inspections or routine maintenance things that you have to have done. Um, whether that's you know they come in and they look at your air conditioning systems, or they're going to look for mold, or they're cleaning out. I mean, when we moved to Florida, we realized like in our air conditioning systems. Okay you're about to learn how incredibly not techy, or I guess it's not tech, but maintenance machine thingy I am, okay? So <laughs> we moved to Florida. Uh, there's a lot of humidity in the air, and those air conditioning units, you have to get like the water out, you know? I'm seeing some heads shake, so you're understanding what I'm talking about. In Illinois, we didn't have to do any of that. Not one time do we have to do that. And we learned the hard way that you have to get the water out of those pipes or it like begins to back up or the air conditioning unit doesn't work. So there was routine maintenance that we found out that we had to do on our home. And if we didn't do it, we were in for a hot summer until it got fixed, amen? So there are some things that come up. Actively pursuing all of, trying, looking for things, actively pursue them to make sure they don't grow and cause more damage. We're looking for things to prevent future things from happening. So that's taking a minute, um, looking, doing some inspections, pausing, taking a minute, looking, going through the different parts of your heart. Like, are the, how is your heart doing? Is it frustrated? Is it angry? Is it overwhelmed? Taking stock of what's actually going on inside of your, ho- inside of your heart. And over time, as life and pressure increases, uh, the damage and compromises that you see now will make a difference and the solution will be more costly in in the future if you begin to ignore that. So taking stock of what's going on, preventing, go, taking, working certain things into your life so that you can guard your heart. There's things that I like to do to prevent preventive maintenance on my heart. Coming to church is preventive maintenance on my heart. Opening myself to beautiful conversation with people that I love and trust is preventive maintenance on my heart. In worship, regularly saying, okay, Holy Spirit, check my heart, guard my heart, what's going on is preventive maintenance. Sitting in my house with my journal and saying, Holy Spirit, and going down all the different parts of my life is preventive maintenance. Asking myself if I'm seeing certain things happening in my life, like I mentioned a minute ago, am I short-tempered? Is my fuse short? Am I finding myself angry, anxious, irritable, depressed, jealous, lonely. Is something just absolutely wrong with everybody? You laugh because you know, you've all been there. Is something just wrong with everybody? Am I always critical? 
Is it difficult for me to mention anything positive going on in the world? You can do that right now. You can sit here and go, okay, tell me five things. And then if you can't get there, your heart is, is full. It's critical. Am I broken? Am I overwhelmed? Am I choosing to live in deception? See, these are things that if we pause to do preventative maintenance, I liken it almost to an illustration of a car windshield. If you're going on a road trip, how many of you know that as you go on a road trip, things fly up and can hit your windshield? And if you don't pause to clean that windshield, it's gonna make it very difficult for you to see and to finish that journey. So similarly with our heart, as we go on our journey, pausing to see if things have flown up on the windshield of our heart, to see if they're there, and then taking time to clean them up before they become a real problem will allow us to get going. Because we know that if we ignore them, a tiny crack in the foundation now, as time goes on, if we don't repair that tiny crack in the foundation, as the house settles, as pressure comes, it doesn't just stay that tiny crack, it begins to grow, and then at some point, it's gonna be detrimental. Let me say that again, because that was really powerful. I need you to hear this. Taking time to see what really is there. All of those things that I mentioned and more can be likened to a tiny crack in a foundation. But if we choose not to look for them, not to do the preventative maintenance when it's small and to clean it out, we will be deceived to think that it will stay that tiny little crack. Because as life goes, and as you walk your journey, and as you live your life, and as you go through pressure, as you go through faith walks, as you find yourself in different seasons of life, and the weight and the pressure of life happen, it will put stress on your heart. It will put stress on those very foundations of who you are. And if there is a crack there, it will begin to cause it to grow. And eventually that crack will get very large and it will cause much more collateral damage than anticipated had we not dealt with it now. Do not allow the enemy to deceive you into thinking that if you keep something there in your heart, bitterness is a big one. We think that it doesn't do much harm, but my friend, a tiny little crack over time allowed to stay will eventually cause a massive fracture and breakdown. And then we stand back and think, where did that come from? What happened? How did I get to this place? It all started if we would have conducted those routine preventative maintenance moments and taken care of, take, taken care of it when it was small. Amen? It's important. Guard your heart above all else because out of it flows the issues of life. Amen? Fix them. So notice them. Take that time to do the inspection, but then take some time to fix them and to repair the minor damage. Psalm 51.10 says this, 
Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. It's a song. I'm not going to sing it. You're welcome. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. It's a prayer. Ezekiel 3, or 36, verses 26 through 27. I love this. Here, this one, you need to hear this. This is hope. And I will give you a new heart. Come on, somebody. You might say, listen, Pastor Maria, I'm way past that little crack. We got full on like fractures, fissures. This thing is coming down quick. Listen, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. That is your God. He has the ability to do it. So when you hear a message like this and you think, Pastor Maria, I'm overwhelmed. I can't take care of all this myself. I know. And God knows. Praise God. He's greater. Praise God. He's bigger. He has the ability to come in there and to touch the very part of your heart that you think is way too hard for you to overcome. That's way too hard for you to forgive. That's way too hard for you to, 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 to let God be repaired or whatever. But if you open it up, he, he can physically not even repair it, but he can take out that old heart and he can put a whole brand new heart right on the inside. He has the ability to do that. Amen. He, our God is so good and he wants to do that for you. He wants to do that for you. He wants to repair. He wants to fix. And in some cases, just do a whole heart transplant surgery. He wants you whole. Amen. Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Our job to identify it, to repent of it. Repenting also means to change our behavior to seek prayer, come up front. You know, at the end, when we have our prayer teams here, have somebody agree with you in prayer. One of the biggest mistakes that believers make is thinking we gotta do it all on our own. It's the body of Christ, it's the family of God. You were never ever meant to do this on your own. And there are gifts inside the church to help. The Bible's very clear about one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Why would you not take advantage of those kind of statistics? Why would we not take advantage of those statistics? Come, have somebody pray with you. Have somebody break things out of your life that have been there for years and years. Find a godly Christian counselor. Do the work, but God will partner with you. Change your mindset. Come into alignment with God's way of thinking and doing. Here's the thing. If you conduct routine maintenance and you find something in your home because of a way that you were operating that machinery in your home is now breaking, it's not enough just to identify and think, oh, goodness, we, should, we have to fix that crack. What do you have to do? You have to go back and change the way you were operating the machinery so that it doesn't continue. Same thing for us. If we begin to find those cracks, if we begin to find those things, God's gonna heal it. God's gonna fix it. He's gonna bring restoration. But our job is to change and operate differently so that we don't keep perpetuating the same things. Amen? Stop believing that it's not a big deal. 
Stop believing that it's the way it's always been and always will be. Start doing positive actions and godly behaviors and replace the bad behavior with positive actions and desired outcome. And just begin to live the way you were designed to live. There is a way that we were created to function best. How many of you know God is our creator? Amen. He is our father. He, he has given us his owner's manual. This is my owner's manual. This book tells me how I function best. My creator, Jesus, my father, God, made me. So he knows how I was built to function best. So if I come in line with what he says in here, I know I function best. For example, and again, I use this illustration at Sisterhood as well. If you weren't there, you missed it. Okay. I function best when I love and walk in love, right? First Corinthians 13 tells me what love is, which means I don't function at my best when I walk in hate. I wasn't created to walk in hate. So walking in hate is gonna create some breakdowns in my life and perpetuate cracks in my heart because I wasn't created to walk in hate. I was created to walk in love. So I function my best when I walk in love. Can I get an amen? I am a daughter of God. Ephesians 1.5 talks about who I am, that we are sons and daughters of God, which means I function best when I operate in relationship and when I walk as his daughter. I don't function my best when I walk as an orphan or somebody who's merely operating in religion which lacks relationship. But when I live my life as his daughter, that was how I was created and designed to live. So I'm at my best when I walk as his daughter. Amen? I'm at my best when I honor God with my body, my physical body. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when I honor it as such, and keep it from sin and take care of it and treat it well, that's how I was designed to live. I am at my best when I honor God with my physical body. That includes sexual immorality, impurity, sin, all that stuff. I wasn't created for that. So when I operate outside of how I was created, no wonder things begin to break down or there are ramifications. That's not how I was designed. Amen? And I was created to live in community. We touched on that briefly. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. That we're the body of Christ, the family of God. I wasn't created to live in isolation. So I don't function my best outside of that. So this is a nice little plug to join Calvary groups. You were designed to be in community. Amen? You function best in community. Don't isolate. So not only do we have preventative measures that we take, but we also can be a little bit more aggressive and have protective measures. 
to protect our heart. So these are things where, as a homeowner, you look for every entrance around your house that something that would be an intruder could get in and you make sure it doesn't get in, right? So that can be your alarm systems, of course, so that you don't have a robber. But then I am very grateful for pest control individuals because I don't like bugs. They're intruders. They don't belong in my house and they're not welcome there. And if they come in, they will die. So, and I eagerly kill. So I have zero problem with that. So if I'm offending somebody, I apologize. Not really, but we're, anyway. Um, so as a homeowner, you make decisions about what you're gonna allow into your house and what you're not going to allow in your house, amen? And so there are protective measures that you take ahead of time to make sure those things don't come in. Amen? We have things like we don't allow carbon monoxide, so there's protective measures inside of our house that doesn't allow carbon monoxide. Bugs, um, we talked about that. Uh, thieves, um, all kinds of things. We just don't allow certain things into our home. And so we protect them. So as an individual, as a human being, as a person, there are three gates into our heart that we can, now we've talked about being preventative. We talked about if we notice things. We talked about how to handle it when we see cracks and things coming up. But now what do we do to make sure? Because I'm now I'm going to guard. I'm going to go into guarding mode. I'm going to guard my heart. And I'm going to be proactive on this one. Because how many of you know life just happens and there's all this stuff that's out there that's trying to influence my heart? There's a lot of life. There's a lot of media. There's a lot of things out there that wants to have a say in how my heart functions. Right? But I, the Bible's very clear that my heart is very important and that I need to guard my heart above all else. So I want to watch what's getting to go into my heart because apparently my life is influenced by that. So I'm going to go on the offensive. I'm not going to just be on the defensive. And you have three gates into your heart. Do you want to know what they are? Your eyes, your ears, and believe it or not, your mouth, what comes out of your mouth. You have three gates. You have three areas to protect. Your eyes, your ears, and what's coming out of your mouth. Well, your eyes. Well, what do I watch? What do I see? What do I look at? What do I look at on TV? What do I let myself see and bring into my heart? Do you know that what you watch influences your heart? It's not just something that goes by on television. It takes root, my friend. And it will plant a seed inside of your heart. It's what you're filling your spirit with. So as a protective measure, if you are watching something that you don't want to manifest and come out of you and your life, there's a really good rule of thumb to not watch it. So, and you say, well, what standards are there? Well, let me just, there's a scripture I want to read you. It's Philippians chapter 4. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to go at the top of the chapter, but I'm going to go closer, uh, probably about verse 5. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Well, you say, well, that doesn't tell me what not to look at. You're right, it doesn't tell you what not to look at, but it tells you what to look at. And by telling you what to look at, if it doesn't line up with that, it tells you what not to look at. So the litmus test in your eyes and your ears and your mouth, if it's not, 
true, if it's not honorable, if it's not right, if it's not pure, if it's not lovely, if it's not admirable, then we don't think about it. If it's not excellent, if it's not worthy of praise. If Jesus, one of my mentors growing up would say, you know, would Jesus be right there with you? And if the answer is probably not, just going to throw it out there that maybe, just maybe, we don't want to be doing it either. Because, going back to original scripture, we what? Guard what? Why? Because out of it will flow the issues of life. You're on the offensive. You guard it. So we have preventative measures and we have protective measures. But then there's the, pos- the, the, there's the outlook that you begin to plan for the future. How many of you have dreams for your home? There's things you want to do. You want to turn this. You want to remodel this. You want to add this, take away this, all the things. You know, we do that with our heart too. Because it's not just about existing right here. It's about what God has for us in the future. You know, there's a scripture, and we did this in our staff um, meeting earlier this week. And I want to do this together. But it's Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It's very famous. Verses 1 through 8, it says this. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, time to grieve and time to dance, time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away. My husband likes to live and throw away. It's a family joke. If it's missing, it's probably in the trash. I love you, baby. It's true. A time time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. Time for war and a time for peace. You know, there's different seasons in our life. And seasons are scriptural. And I believe that God even built seasons into nature for us. So that we can be reminded that there are different seasons, meaning there's different times for different things. And one of those changing of seasons is just the natural coming to the end of a year, which we find ourselves coming to the end of 2022, getting ready to enter 2023. You say, Pastor Maria, what does this have to do with my heart? Well, as we leave certain seasons and we move out of certain seasons, whenever we transition from one season to the next, it gives us an opportunity to pause. It gives us an opportunity to reflect on what God did in the last season and to get ourselves ready to move into the next season. Because how many of you know that God has great things in store for 2023? Amen? But those things don't just happen. They take a moment of intentionality on our part. 
And just like in your home, when you begin to plan, if there are things that you want to see happen inside of your home in 2023, they don't just miraculously happen. I mean, I would like for them to miraculously happen. I would like to come home one day and have my master bathroom completely remodeled. I mean, I've got the vision. It's like a soaker tub. We've got like the whole thing. I mean, I can, I can lay this puppy out for you. But without intentionality, it's not going to happen. There's work involved in that. There's preparation, right? I might have to save money for that. I have to hire contractors. I have to get all the pieces together. And then when they actually start the work on it, there's demolition that takes place. And then there's new things that come in. It's means a whole process, right? Well, the same thing um, with our hearts. Most of us stop right here where we fail to have a vision for the future of how we want our heart to be and how we want to show up in the next season. That's the first step, is pausing long enough to think, God, what do you have for me? How can I show up in the next season? But then beyond that, it's taking the steps to bring those things into reality. So there's intentionality. So in our heart, listen, God has beautiful things. You don't have to live with the same cracks. You don't have to live with the same things clouding your heart. You don't have to go into this season with the weight of the world on your shoulders. We've talked about that. God wants to bring healing. He wants to bring restoration. But I also believe that's a very spiritual moment to pause at the end of 2022 as we're getting ready to go into a new year and to reflect and to say, okay, God, you did all of this in 2022, so get my heart ready. What can I expect? What can I believe for? How do we want to see 2023 show up and then put things in place to begin to see those things happen. And as we plan for the future, because we know what we want, so if we know what we want, then we run away from what we don't want. If you don't know what you want, if you don't know what you want your heart to be like, if you don't know how you want to show up in 2023, then we don't know what to run after and we don't know what to run away from and leave behind. So if we, for la without vision, my people, what? perish, right? So if I don't have an idea of who I'm called to be, how I want to walk into the next season, then I'm just going to take everything that's coming to me. I'm not going to actively pursue what God has in store for me. So moments like this where we take an intentional moment and we pause are so important because we've talked about protecting our heart. We've talked about looking at our heart. Now we're going to get our heart ready for what's next. Now we're going to get ready so that we can show up in 2023 being the man or woman of God that we're called to be, dreaming again. Man, it gets, it's so exciting when you say, God, I'm going to live this year different. I'm going to walk into this next year different. It's going to feel different. I'm going to show up different. There's, a, there's joy and faith and excitement when you realize I don't have to live 2023 the same way I lived 2022. Can I get an amen? There's some things that we did great that we're going to take with us and we're going to celebrate that. And we're going to jump up and down and we're taking those with us. But there's some things now that the Holy Spirit's opened up some, our eyes to maybe some things that he's put his finger on. And I'm not, I'm not taking that with me into 2023. Right? I'm guarding my heart proactively and this is how I'm going to show up. So as we get ready to close the service this morning, we're going to do something. And you have an option of a couple of ways to do this. There's these little cards that are here at the altar. And in just a minute, 
I'm going to invite everybody to stand. We're going to pray and we're going to dismiss. And I'd encourage you, you can come grab one of these cards at the altar. Guest services will have them out by the escalators on your way out as well. So you can take them with you if you'd like. But I'd encourage you, if you have a few minutes, to spend some time down here. But there's three questions on these cards. And listen, it's difficult. We don't have time to do this together in a service. But I highly encourage you to slip it in your Bible and do this today at the latest this week. But the three questions are this. One, this is going to help you transition your heart into the next season. One, what are you grateful for about 2022? We're not just going to blindly walk out of a season. What, what, are you, what are three things that you're grateful for that God did in 2022? Make yourself sit and write all three. When I did this, I had one and two like that. Number three took me a few minutes. I had to dig a little deeper to figure out what the third thing was. So it's okay, but make yourself sit there and think about it. That's number one. Number two, what would you like to leave behind in 2022? Let the Holy Spirit speak to you on that. That could be a mindset. That could be... Uh, anger or bitterness, it could be a habit, it could be anything. Let the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit talk to you on that. And I'm going to add to that, what would you like to leave behind in 2022 that you can control? There's some things that we can't control, but there's things that we can control. What do you want to leave behind that you can control? And then on the last one, what do you want to take with you as you step into 2023? Now this one, you may look at what you want to leave behind and flip it and say, I'm leaving behind this hatred, so I'm going to take love. I'm going to take um, just an openness to the spirit. I'm going to take a different mindset that I don't have to live the way I've always lived. I'm going to take freedom. But the Holy Spirit will talk to you. What are you going to take with you? And then it's not on the card, but I want you to do this. Once you've filled out all three of those things, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture ending 2023 with all three of those things. How does that make you feel? How, do you, how are you going to show up? How is 2023 going to feel and be different than 2022? See, it's a changing of seasons. We know seasons are scriptural. I believe it's one way that God, when seasons change, that he has us, us, pauses the calendar so that we can take a moment and then we can pause and have moments like this so that we walk intentionally into the next season. Would you stand with me? We're going to pray in just a moment. But before I do that, without anybody leaving, I'm just going to give you an opportunity. We, all, we never want to end a service without giving you an opportunity to give your life to the Lord. So if you're in the room this morning and you've never, or maybe at one point or another, you've given your life to the Lord, or maybe you walked away from Him, and he's, you're not living in that relationship with Him, we don't want you to leave this morning without that. You may have carried some stuff in your heart into church this morning, but God wants to touch you even today right where you are and begin to heal. And the first step in that is to open your heart to him 
and to give your life to him. So with everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody moving around just for this holiness of that moment, on the count of three, if that's you and you say, you know what, I, would, I, want, I don't want to leave today without giving my life to the Lord or recommitting my life back to him. We're not going to call you forward, but I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right where you are. And we're going to pray with you right where you are. But I encourage you, don't leave today without doing that. So on the count of three, you just raise your hand. One, two, three. There's a hand there. One, two hands. I'm looking. Awesome. See two, three. Okay, I could have missed more, but I saw three. So church, let's all pray together. Four. I see him. Praise God. And I, even if I missed you, God's going to hear you. But let's pray so they know they're not alone. And it's not the prayer itself. It's magic. It's your heart. So you just mean it before you and the Lord. Super simple like this. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me of my sins, make me new, be my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, can you celebrate that? Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.